Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to At The Whiteboard. Uh, I'm Nicole North, I'm your host today, and we have the absolute pleasure of being joined today by Susan Gregory from Best Work Yet. Hello, Susan. Hello, Nicole, so great to be here today. So Susan, you and I have known each other for, for a while now. Yeah, before before either of us have kids, so that was <laughs> that has been at least six years, I guess. It's true. Absolutely true. Um, and Susan and I both kind of occupied that facilitation and, and coaching space. And I really, really respect Susan and the work that she does. And so I thought it was so important to bring her on the podcast because she has a, a absolute wonderful skill set um, in working with organizations. And so I'm not even going to describe that. I'm going to say, Susan, tell us about yourself and what you do. Thank you so much, Nicole. And I just want to say right back at you, you and I have a lot, actually I have a lot of skills and I think passions in common as well. For example, we're both coaches, we're both Myers-Briggs accredited. So we have had parallel careers in a lot of ways. And I've loved to see the way you've grown your whiteboard business. Um, so in terms of uh, what we do at Best Work Yet, our focus is on helping teams to connect to get aligned and to do their best work together through facilitation and coaching. So sometimes it will be uh, a course on how on learning a specific skill such as productivity or other times we will facilitate meetings like strategic planning meetings where teams can come together um, and make their plans and create that wonderful buy-in that sometimes only happens when you have a neutral facilitator. I also have a team of coaches and we are all CTI or co-active trained coaches. Amazing. It sounds so wonderful. And you've got to follow uh, Susan on LinkedIn. I have to uh, give you credit. I love your LinkedIn posts. They are always funny. Your photos are always funny or you've got a great meme and I find them so entertaining um, to watch. So you've got must must go uh, find Susan Gregory on LinkedIn because it's, it's definitely worth worth the read. Thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate that. <laughs> So Susan, you know, we've all had a very unique and interesting year. Um, and I certainly have my, uh, you know, as everyone on my podcast and if, who follows me on social media or Clubhouse knows, my obsession right now is um, impacting leaders so that they can lead and, and influence the culture in a particular way. And, and really through how we communicate and engage, especially in this interesting virtual world um, and, and all about creating cultures that make people feel limitless. Um, but what's the one thing um, from your practice that you wish everyone could grasp at in terms of a skill? The one thing that I'm super passionate about is habit formation, or to say it another, another way, behavior change. Like we all know that to succeed or to change our results, we need to do things differently. But sometimes I, I feel like I really wish that people would get 
how that kind of success or results creation can happen so much more easily when we bring that focus to what are the things that I need to do consistently every day and how could I bring that continued focus until I can figure out exactly how to how to make habit formation work for me because it's something that can be so simple but not necessarily easy to do and you have to kind of keep bringing your attention to it until you have cracked like one habit at a time that can make so much of a difference and to link it back specifically to what you're up to Nicole it's like when we're thinking about especially in you know in this crazy like past 14-15 months that we've had there are certain um, ways of connecting there are certain ways of organizing your day that can make so much of a difference in terms of how you feel, how you're able to connect with others, whether or not you can get into a state of flow with your work and whether you can get results. And we we need to bring our attention to those little things that we do every day and how we can be consistent with um, the techniques that make a difference. Wonderful. And, you know, I I often think that um, if for those listeners that are still in Ontario, um, and we're still in lockdown. It, it's been a pretty amazing time to build and sustain new habits because we don't have a lot of variability in our lives. Yeah. Right now. You know, some of the things that got in the way of keeping great habits, you know, I think about exercise or diet, you know, there was a lot of things that used to get in the way in the, as I'm calling it now, the before times, um, you know, like someone calls you for drinks and that kind of, uh, distracts you from your workout plans or someone invites you to go out for a great birthday dinner and that can somehow influence you know your habits that you've created around healthy eating so I think if if people are looking to start really working towards behavior change lockdown is I think a great time (laughs) yeah yeah uh, it has it has been for me I've actually made some some great changes in my uh, in my own um behavior and and results but it, it can also be really tough because you know it's like we're we're at home and we don't have you know we can't go to bars um and we can't go to a, to a friend's birthday party and all of these things but it's also you know the emotional toll of the pandemic can mean that it is really hard to, to sometimes to pick up new good healthy habits um and that was my experience at the start of the pandemic where I would have a beer or a glass of wine at the end of most days and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not judging um for you know for anyone who who does that and I, and I might have a glass of wine once I'm finished work for today but I was finding that um, I felt that it was helping to alleviate um, my stress and so it was becoming a bit of a crutch and so at the beginning of the pandemic if someone said to me like hey you know this is not this is not good for you um, I would not have at, at all been interested in a conversation about habit change um, so I think it's it's important to kind of realize the emotional environment that we're that we're in um, and look at what's actually if we want to make new good habits to choose something that is going to um, it's going to fit in with our lives that we're going to feel that we're going to feel like we want to do it and it makes sense for us us rather than kind of feeling like we should do it because we have all this time at home I love it so who 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 would you say is a great target for this strategy 
Um, so I would say it's really anybody who um, who wants to change their results. Um, and I, and I'm, I don't think there's too many more limitations than that. Like if someone is like, is very just happy with how things are going, if you've got great habits in place that are leading you to, to where you want to go um, and you're happy with your direction, then you probably don't need it. Um, but if, if there's something in your life that you want to change, if you want to get more fit, if there are some business results that you're not hitting consistently, these are great examples of, uh, for, people that I would want to target with, this is something for you that can make a huge difference. Amazing. So how does it, how does it work? Um, so how, how it works, you know, that phrase, go hard or go home. And I know you're, you're someone who is like, who's big into exercise, right? So I can yeah. kind of imagine, you know, so some people, when they think about creating success from a fitness perspective or a business perspective, it's like, I'm going to do something big. Like if I can't work out for 45 minutes to an hour, then there's no point, right? If I'm not going to make 20 sales calls in one day, then forget about it. But actually the way habit formation works is the opposite. Instead of go big or go home, it's how can we make this something that is small? How can we make it easy? And how can we find the right time and place in our lives to try something new? So if we use, for example, um, exercise, um, which is something that a lot of people are challenged with, um, rather than thinking like, you know, I have to have everything perfect. I've got to buy new workout clothes and I've got to research what is the best way to work out. And I've got to find the right video and set up, set up a, my spare room to exercise and da, 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 and making it really hard to do. <laughs> this becomes one of those things that you just keep putting off. Um, so when you're thinking about starting an exercise routine and if it's something that's really hard for you, find a way to make it tiny. So you might have heard of the book Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. So he talks about this concept of like, what is the smallest version of this habit? And one of my small versions of, of the exercise habit is I have a yoga mat that is rolled out on the floor in our guest bedroom. And before I start work in the morning, I will go and just do two minutes of like yoga stretches or push-ups and just a little something that, that creates that moment of exercise in my day. So in fact, even two minutes is not the tiniest version. Like I think at one point I was doing something like 10 sit-ups and that was the tiniest version that it can be. So the point is not to just do such a tiny amount of exercise, but rather to find the smallest version that you can do so you can start building the habit. And if you do it every day, you actually start to see how easy it can be. So you might start to, uh, to do more time or you start, might start to do it more often. And you also start to change your identity as to be someone that exercises every single day even if it's only a little bit and all of those changes around how you can see it's easy how you can see it fits in find out what you enjoy and actually start to change how you think about yourself all of this can actually help to build a robust habit that makes a huge difference in your life so amazing and so what are some work examples 
um, that you're seeing? How, or, how are organizations or individuals within organizations utilizing, um, utilizing this to, to better themselves at work and, and okay. be, be at their best work yet? Yes, thank you. Um, so there's so many ways, uh, so many ways that you can do this. Um, so here's, here is one that I think most people will, will be able to relate to. Most people feel inundated and or stressed by email. And starting your day in email is a habit that a lot of people have that is not very productive. Um, when you start, when we start our day in email, what has, what tends to happen is it just that we are at the mercy of other people's agenda, and we will answer like those quick, easy emails to respond to, just to feel like you know we're doing something, we're making some progress. But the problem with that is you can spend like a couple of hours answering emails and realize you've made no progress at all on your KPIs or on your key projects. So one example of a habit that can make a huge difference is when you're having your morning coffee, um, rather than opening up email and starting to scroll through, actually take just one minute and write down three things on a post-it note that you intend to achieve for the day. And that will set you up in a proactive mindset. Um, so this this tiny example is an example of a keystone habit. So the keystone habit, this is a concept that is uh, comes from the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And I've read that book and it's absolutely uh, incredible. Yes. So yeah, let me let me uh, get your take on this, Nicole. Do you so so what it what in your mind is a keystone habit? What like what's the definition of that for you? Oh, now you're going to put me on the spot. I haven't read that book in a while, but I will say a keystone habit is something that I do that it's almost as if it uh, unlocks a separate pathway for me than what I'm typically used to. And so, you know, your example of, you know, writing the three things down on a post-it note, I like to start with, I do bullet journaling. So, and that kind of does the same thing. I, I, I get my bullet journal out. I start my day. I transfer the tasks that I needed to do from yesterday. I write what I needed to do today and I highlight which ones are the, I must get done. Um, when I don't do that, I can get dithered away in on LinkedIn, um, trying to do other social media. Maybe I get distracted into Clubhouse and it could be 12 or one o'clock, it's lunchtime. Um, and then I only have that last half of the day and I realize, oh goodness, now I have um, 10 huge things to do. And it's actually not possible in the time I have. So I, I think of a keystone habit as something that dramatically kind of um, redirects my day and, and, and makes all the other tasks and habits I need to do kind of fall into place. Yes, exactly. So in the, the reason we call them keystone habits is that in architecture, the keystone is that stone that sits at the top of the arch and it actually helps to interlock the entire arch. And so without it, the arch falls apart. So your example of bullet journaling is perfect because a keystone habit supports you in doing a whole bunch of other great habits. Because I know that like when you're doing your, your bullet, bullet journaling, you're laying out what needs to happen, those key pieces of structure that help you to have a great day. And so that's going to help you to do well in so many other areas. Um, one, and so actually speaking of, of writing things down, because it's actually, it's, it's so powerful in many areas. 
one great example on the personal side for is for people who want to lose weight or to eat more healthily is actually keeping a food journal. Um, when we write down everything that we eat, um, it will give you that accountability to yourself and raise awareness of what's actually happening. Um, or you can even use the same concept at work. So if you're ever if you're ever in a um, in a space where you think like, where is my time going? Like I just feel like I've got so much on and I feel so overwhelmed to do a time audit where for a few days during the day just write down basically everything that you do with a little time, like sort of start and stop time beside it. And it will be an absolute revelation. Um, you were talking before about like, you know, sometimes when we don't set up the day for proactively, you can get lost in things like social media. When I did this time, this time audit, I found like, oh, I thought I, I thought I was like back to back busy. I was like spending 20 minutes at a time scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started there. Don't get me started there. I I downloaded TikTok the other day and that I had to delete it immediately because that if we thought Instagram was bad, TikTok was even worse. Yeah, I have I have not gone there and based on your uh, based on your story, I won't. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But you know, I'd love to even share my feedback on the um, tracking your food thing. So, you know, I had my second baby last last year so of course as as every new mom is you know trying to trying to get that body back as best as we can while respecting respecting the beautiful things that we did and you know I had become vegan we started working on a have you heard of the program 75 hard no so Andy Frazella is like an entrepreneur he's a podcaster I think he owns a supplement company a very um interesting character, um, quite outspoken and opinionated and quite, even some regards, aggressive. But he came up with this program called 75 Hard. And it basically had, and I'm wondering, as I was doing the program, I thought, this is atomic habits. This is um, tiny habits. This is, um, you know, the power of habit all kind of blended into one. And so he created the 75 day program where every single day you do one 45 minute workout outside and one 45 minute workout inside. You drink one gallon of water, you read 10 pages of a nonfiction self-help, self-improvement book. Um, You take a progress photo. Uh, You cannot cheat on your diet, however you establish your diet to be. Um, And is there anything else? I think I've caught it all. Um, And it was quite a a marvelous program. I did it. I've never actually completed it fully um, and either for silly things like not taking a photo or doing something like that, but it is an absolutely life-changing program in totally shifting your habits. And while I don't do the program to its full extent all the time, I will certainly say that, uh, you know, as part of that program, we decided to go vegan. And we've pretty much been vegan ever since with a few exceptions here and there that has now just become our eating lifestyle. Um, You know, and while I definitely don't do 45 minutes and, you know, outside and inside, I often strive for that. And sometimes even a goal for me is at least get one little quick walk around the block for the fresh air. 
in addition to whatever other movement or exercise I decide to do that day. Um, and, you know, even the 10 pages of reading, I don't always necessarily make it nonfiction. I sometimes treat myself with a little sci-fi, <laughs> uh, but it's just a really fascinating program in how to build habits. Anyhow, that wasn't exactly my story, but it was linked to food tracking. So we, I'd done this program for so long, but my weight wasn't budging. And so a couple weeks ago, I said, well, that's it. I'm just going to uh, start tracking. And I lost 15 pounds in literally, I think, three weeks. I lost 15 wow. pounds just from the change in tracking. And we're vegan. You know, there's not a lot of cheating in our world. There's not a lot of, you know, we eat extremely well, but just that notion of tracking really brought some self-awareness. So I wanted to say that that's a great, great example. Yeah, yeah, that, that, is, that is really that, that keystone, right? Because it's, it is the habit in itself affects other habits and that's what leads to your success. I love it. And so what are some strategies for people to help them get started in this process? How do you, how do you get them going on this? Okay, so the, uh, the first thing is, of course, to, to think of a general area for your goal. And what's really interesting about um, focusing on habit formation is it's not so much the goal that is important in terms of hitting that, say, hitting that number, but rather to give you the direction. And then what we're doing is so shaping your habits around that general direction that you want to go in. Um, and then the next part will be experimentation. So, for example, um, I, um, I exercise in various ways um, throughout the day. And one thing that I want to start doing is actually doing some like doing some stretches or doing a, just a little bit of something before breakfast. And what I and, and I've been trying to form this new habit for the past few days. And what I've realized is that this actually might not be a good spot for me. <laughs> um, so I have a, I have a five year old son and we're busy in the morning getting him ready for a day care um and we don't like to set an alarm um <laughs> so it's some it's actually so it's something that are, is not working out very well for me and i mention this because when people start out trying to build a habit they will very often identify something and they will put all of those elements in there like what i'm going to do when i'm going to do it where i will be what i need you know and make it small make it make it easy but if you if you pick either the a thing that uh, a thing that you just don't enjoy doing or you pick the wrong time of day or location to do it it might not work for you and that is not your fault so you've got to be willing to experiment with these new habits so it can be good to kind of try a few at once so for example if your um, if your goal at work um, is to be is to be more productive then you might then you might start with First of all, I'm going to write my to-do list before I open my email. The second thing I'm going to do is every time I send a meeting request, I'm going to set it for 45 minutes instead of an hour. So one, you know, one very specific habit. Um, the the third thing that I'm going to do is at the end of the day, I'm going to make I'm going to um, scan my email to make sure that I haven't left left anything urgent, outstanding, and I'm going to tidy my desk. So you might actually start trying out three habits at once and see 
how well they're fitting. Like, does it make sense for you? Is anything getting in the way? Did you choose the right time of day to do it? Did, um, does it make sense in terms of the location that you're trying to do these things and be willing to, to change them? I love that. I recently read a book called, um, I think it's called Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change. Um, and it's from, from the best-selling authors of Crucial Conversations. So Joseph Grenny, Carrie Patterson, David Maxfield. So Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change. And I thought this was really interesting. And I'm going to relate it back to 75 Hard because as kooky as I think Andrew Frazella is, I do believe he created a program that helped influence this. And it's precisely to this point of trial and error in that for years, people have been trying to find out, you know, what diet method works best, what productivity method works best, what way of making a list works best. And so we constantly try and cycle through what the world is telling us is the uh, you know, best way to do something. And the reality is, is that the best way to do something is the way that we'll do it. Yes, I may, I may have just come up with that genius quote right on the spot. But do you know what I mean? The best exercise is the one that you do consistently. The best to do list or the best way to bullet journal is the way that makes you actually do it every day consistently. The best email management is the way that you do it so that you feel organized. And you, know, you get what I'm saying. So and that requires trial and error. So one of the interesting things about the 75 hard um, fitness challenge or whatever they call it, lifestyle, I don't know, um, is that you're supposed to do it consistently every day for 75 days. And if you miss any one of the habits, you have to start over on day one. <laughs> and it's very interesting because, you know, as I said, we had done the program multiple times. And for example, uh, one day I forgot the photo. So I needed to start the next day when I restarted again, I said, what is a way that I can change this habit so that I don't miss it again? So, uh, you know, for example, so then I would say, okay, well, when I step, I know I step on the scale every day. When I step on the scale, I'm going to take my photo right then. That means I'm going to stack those two habits together so that it's less likely that I'll miss them. Um, so I, uh, you know, I think part of this idea of his program is it says, find out where you screw up and try and adjust it so that the change actually happens. Yes. And I, I love the, what that you mentioned about the habit stacking piece, because the, one of the best ways to create a habit is to link it to something that you are already doing. So it's really finding that sweet spot in your life. And it's often like where, like where you are and what you're already doing to, to link it in and that will lead to your success. Yeah. So if you already get your meeting notebook out, uh, before you start a meeting, for example, let's say you're meeting with a client every day and you already know that you get your notebook out because you always take notes. What if you uh, blocked off five minutes before your first meeting of the day to do your to-do list or to do something, right? To, so to link it to that next activity uh, really helps get it done. So I, I love that idea. 
Yeah, or um, you know, for a lot of for a lot of folks, um, there are some key questions that we could be asking our clients that could really make a difference in uh, in our businesses. So, for example, whether it's remembering to ask for a referral, or whether it's it's remembering to ask one more question about the um, the strategic objectives of of the client. So you can always be relating your work to their goals um, when you're getting out that notebook before a meeting. If you actually take um, take one minute to jot down some of those key questions that you should be asking in every meeting. It's going to help to solidify that behavior. And every time we add like one of these little behaviors that can make a difference and we get really consistent with it, it starts to become like our success is on autopilot because we might need to do like a thousand different things to succeed at a big business goal, but each of those things is really small on its own. And if we can get really consistent, it becomes so easy to do. Oh, wonderful. So, you know, this all, what I often say is when I'm facilitating too, is I've made this sound like sunshine and rainbows. You make it sound so easy, (laughs) Susan. You know, what gets in the way? What 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 can cause this not to work? How can people overcome some of the hurdles in, in, in making this work for them best? Yeah, so what what is really important um, is when when we realize that something is not working for us, not to see it as a character flaw. So for example, like if um, if you had the, you know, had the intention, that you were going to make um, like 10 sales calls before you looked at social media and and then you didn't do it, um, to look at that and think, um, what do I need to change in the way that I have designed this behavior rather than what's wrong with me? I'm such a loser or I'm such a failure. (laughs) So kind of, um, it it ties back to what you were saying about the, um, what's it called? The 72 75 hard. 75 hard. Um, so, you know, he, uh, he mentions like, look at those places where you fall down. Right. And so it's not to say that you need to say like, I've like, I'm, I have failed, but rather what, what happened and how can I redesign this habit? Um, so for example, when you look at the, oh, I didn't make the calls. Okay. What, what about it was making it difficult to make those calls? For example, if you don't have the the list in front of you with who you're calling, what number you're calling, what you're going to say when you call, like all of those things are actually going to be points of friction for you to do that habit. So actually what needs probably needs to happen is a habit or an activity before that where you have identified the call list and you've got your talk tracks ready to go. And so the habit might actually be um, not it's not make 10 calls the first part of the habit is to open the database and open the document that's got my key questions for the call and that's actually what will trigger you to do those things oh Susan that is an excellent reminder for me for a little program that you taught to me not too long ago Ooh. and has been a life-changing um, a life-changing tip for me. I forgot to mention this to you earlier. Um, <laughs> you, we were in a session and you asked people to come up with something that was on their to-do list that they just kept not doing. And this is a, 
you know, I bullet journal and bullet journaling has been life changing for me uh, for those tasks that I seem to procrastinate and push off to day after day after day. Because usually after about 10 days of copying over the task into my next day's list, I start to go, why on earth am I not doing this task? It just takes 10 minutes. Um, but you mentioned something that was so interesting to me. Um, you, I think the example was, Nicole, what's one thing that you have to do? And I said, I have to take my car in for an oil change. And I think you asked me, you know, what, what is it that you're writing on your list? And I said, go take the car for an oil change. <laughs> I remember and, this. <laughs> and you questioned me back and you kind of, you know, peeled away the onion. Um, and we realized that I shouldn't have written, not that I shouldn't have, it would be more effective for me to write down, call the garage uh, to book the appointment or, you know, <laughs> find the phone number or Google the garage um, would be a much more effective to do item than take car in. Like it was, it, it, I'm, so describe, <laughs> describe that a little bit because I found that I still sometimes go, what would Susan tell you to write down here? <laughs> right, okay, write something a bit smaller. Yes. So um, what can happen is when we're writing our to-do lists, we, we write down this thing that it seems to be a, like a next step. So this, this actually is based on the concept from, uh, from the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, where he encourages to, people to drill it down to the next action. So in fact, taking your car for the oil change is actually like a mini project. And all of those things that you mentioned, like, you know, call the garage or look up the number or, or Google their schedule, or maybe even talk to your husband about whether he needs the car and what your schedule might look like for the day. Like all, you have to actually think about what is the, like, what is the sequence and what really needs to happen first. Um, and so, and then when you get down to it, the, the thing that will move you forward is the thing that will take you like just a couple of minutes and it will start with a verb. So even something like take the car to the garage, it's like, even to change it to drive the car to the garage. And then you realize, when you look at that, you realize I can't drive the car to the garage until I have actually figured out when they, you know, when they can take it. So then that makes you step back and think, okay, so what are the steps before that? Um, or to give another example, many of, uh, uh, you know, many knowledge workers are, have things to do, like say, create a presentation or to write a report, but it's not just that. There are multiple steps beforehand. And like one of those steps could be to set up, you know, to set up a meeting with uh, with somebody else to discuss their ideas. But even that setting up a meeting, what does that look like? It's actually in, in the case in you and I both use calendar scheduling tools. It would actually be, you know, email Nicole with my calendar link <laughs> right. so we can book a time. Um, and then when when you're looking at that list. There is just so much less friction because you know exactly what you need to do next. Um, and so, when so relating this back to habits, um, when we when we can do things that can uh, that can reduce the friction, like if we know that we want to work out after our working day, to get your workout clothes and put them out on the bed. So you're going to see them at the end of the working day. And it's just one thing that makes it so much more easy to do that habit that you wanted to do rather than blaming yourself for not having the willpower to do it. Oh, so wonderful. So we have just a couple minutes left. So I want to use that time wisely. 
what kinds of organizations uh, work with you? Who, who can call you? <laughs> um, so on, uh, honestly, we, we do work with organizations of all types, um, um, small, large, um, nonprofit, government organizations or corporates. So we tend, we tend to work a lot with knowledge workers. So project managers, technology consultants, um, product managers and biotech, um, these, these types of folks. Um, for, for me and my team, um, most of us have, have a background working in, in corporate. So we really can relate to what it's like to have that kind of busy back-to-back -back meeting schedule, internal office politics and trying to make progress on a lot of different projects at the same time. Wonderful. And and where can where can we find you, Susan? So you can find me and my team on uh, on the web at www.bestworkyet.com, or you can connect with me through LinkedIn. I am the one with the big smile who is wearing a turquoise blazer, and I'm sure that people uh, who are listening to this podcast are probably already <laughs> connected with you. So I am the Susan Gregory on Nicole North's LinkedIn list. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think everyone should have uh, some of the amazing tips that Susan Gregory has to offer, and I'm so thrilled to be to have you on today and to share all this knowledge with us. I appreciate it so much, and I know our listeners will too. Um, thank you so much for uh, sharing all your habit wisdom. And we had uh, so many books that I, I want to make sure that we <laughs> capture them all. Uh, we talked about tiny habits, uh, the power of habit. Um, I think there's also a book called Habit Stacking. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a great yeah. one. Um, yeah. You also mentioned um, the folks who wrote the book um, Crucial Conversations. And so I want to mention one more because they also wrote a book called Change Anything, um, which, which also highlights the idea of um, experimentation and to tie it back to what you said earlier. It's like the best exercise for you is the exercise that you will do. So that so another great book uh, is Change Anything by Kerry Patterson and the other good folks who wrote Crucial Conversations. Yes, and the new science of leading change. So everybody, go, go away today, start a new habit, create something new, uh, let us know, share it with us on LinkedIn, and we'd love to hear about it. Thanks again, Susan. It's been absolutely fun and inspiring to chat with you. Such a pleasure. And likewise, Nicole, really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Have a great day and we will talk soon. Look forward to it. Bye, Nicole. Thanks for joining us at Ot the Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that At the Whiteboard podcast is doing, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Whiteboard Consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Talk soon.